0: Hey Ian. Yeah. Have you ever uh have you ever butchogged anything? Hey. You know what?
1: <laughs> what? I think that's a fair question.
0: <laughs> I mean, what what was that thing you asked me you opened with a while ago? I forget what, what, uh, what it was, but you're open with something as equally. Uh, about, have you ever been turned on by, by the side of your own penis? I, I, I think you <laughs> asked me. Yeah, the
1: weird thing is, I think in both cases, that uh, implies that you have. So I think <laughs> well, just asking no, the really, question. <laughs> to,
0: to be clear, no, I've never butt chugged. I mean... I've, I've, um, I've had suppository medications, but that's sure. not, but yeah, I've, I've never uh, stuck a funnel in my, my, my button. Yeah.
1: Well, as a, I, I, as a recovering alcoholic, <laughs> I think it's a fair question. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I lived in a particular, like I, uh, the school that I went to Colorado, weirdly the state that I live in. Uh, Denver is high up on the list of uh, incidences of alcoholism. Okay. Second, uh, but the the number one in the country is San Francisco, which is another place where I lived. Okay. Uh, the University of Colorado in Boulder is considered a party school. So and, no wonder
0: you ended up an alcoholic. Jesus Christ.
1: Right. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't believe yeah. You know, outside <laughs> circumstances being what they are, I'm sure there's a lot of people in Colorado who are uh Wait, who have that different ba- <laughs> d- different backgrounds but um you know it's a very strange thing many of the people that i know personally many of people who are friends of mine have duis which mm-hmm. are either um driving while well intoxicated or driving under the influence or whatever there's like a culture of it i i said here in colorado i'm not in colorado i'm in new york um <laughs> But anyway, back to the butt chugging question. Uh, I, I, you know, it, growing up in uh, Colorado, going to college in Colorado State University, a lot of partying. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I became acquainted with Keystone Light early on. And we're surrounded by people who were pledging to frats, and yeah. you know we're like. So, a lot of people are surprised they... that I became a part of that community. So, so have you experienced
0: to... butt chugging before? I have and... not
1: experienced butt chugging. Okay. Um there's something uh, not indelicate, uh, undignified about the position
0: uh the physical position uh you have to get into in order to <laughs> well that depends entirely on who you're uh talk- talking to <laughs>
1: well that's fair yeah yeah uh,
0: i have not thought about that
1: there's a for me there's a number of problems yeah i'm certainly curious in in the way that 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 yeah. You know, a person might be curious what heroin feels
0: like. Well yeah. My you know understanding I mean? is that um yeah no, yeah no, the reason why um suppositories are a thing is because they get into the the bloodstream a lot quicker that way. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: So there's 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 the uh there's there's the undignified nature of it. it presumably unless you're unless you're solo butt chugging. <laughs> you know. And and I gotta think, if you're solo butt-chugging, there's there's other... You have, you've got some other
0: considerations that I, you need to focus on. I'm just picturing, like, a lonely mid- middle-aged man in, in, in like, just, a dimly lit, like, dingy room, just sticking yeah, a
1: funnel in his yeah. butt. So, presumably, there's other people in the room. Mm-hmm. Are they used to and familiar with me
0: sticking things in my butt in order to get drunk? I mean... You know, some of the people I used to hang out with, I wouldn't be surprised if they sure. Did, I mean, did that. I
1: know people that I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah, they they probably yeah, they probably <laughs> probably did that. But I just can't fathom the social situation where that
0: would be a thing. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm I'm kind of working through my relationship
1: I mean, with butt chugging
0: in this conversation. <laughs> I mean, beyond the realm of like frat parties, I can't think of anything either. Uh, yeah,
1: and again, who. Who's gonna do that at a party?
0: I think the Jackass boys did it, or Stevo gave himself an enema or something. Yeah, like like a bigger enema. That.
1: Um. And generally speaking, you would probably want to stay away. That those movies are like a guidebook of things not to do.
0: Um. They're they're making another one, and and I for one am very excited. I (laughs) love that stuff. (laughs) I
1: think there is some cultural redeeming value to. Uh, those kinds of things. I think it's kind of fascinating. Another problem I have with it is uh, just the name. You know, uh, <laughs> it, if you want me to do something, you call it like
0: back alley sommelier, <laughs> or uh so. Just make it sound a little fancier if I want to pique not your very interest. Classy, yeah. You know, <laughs> uh, well,
1: it's. It's like it's uh uh you know it's like calling a cheeseburger like your double whopper with cheese like the, the royale with the, cheese the 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 sweaty and uncomfortable you know <laughs> like yes I understand that that may be the end result of the double whopper with cheese but <laughs> that's not selling it to me as as right thing. so okay. Okay. And the other thing that I never, uh, like, like that I don't get is the objective of doing it is to get drunk faster.
0: Yeah. See, I don't, if, if I'm downing booze, I don't take very long to get drunk. It's yeah, not like something I want to expedite. What,
1: what time am I saving that I'm going to put <laughs> towards, like, am I so busy that my, uh, drunken
0: es- escapade needs to
1: just, I need to like fit it in a certain <laughs> slot quick, in my... you're
0: about to get on uh, the uh, bus and head to the club or something yeah. so you need to yeah, quickly like, like,
1: uh, it's a part of my GTD approach is
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah so How does it answer... work no. mechanically though too because I'm sure you do it and then you stand up and then a bun- bunch of booze just squirts out of your butt yeah. right? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. you water your legs
1: yeah <laughs> anyway hi everybody hi everybody (laughs) yeah i guess that way there was a line probably about three minutes ago (laughs) probably but or when we started talking yeah (laughs) uh that we we rapidly jumped over hi everybody uh welcome to the podcast of the nerds
0: i'm ian and my name is Jack. Uh, Ian, what are we up to today?
1: <laughs> so, it's been over a month since we did this, and we decided to open with butt chugging. Yeah. I'm sorry. It was literally off the big cuff, too. Like, just boom. <laughs> yeah, Jack and I are often now have conversations mm-hmm. that one or the both of us go, yeah, we should probably talk about this on the podcast. Yeah, there And been- it's either... Butt chugging, or like <laughs> previous romantic relationships that we've
0: had, and our indecisiveness and se- low self-esteem. There have <laughs> been times when we've been scripting, and we finish the uh, script, and then we start chat chatting, and then you're like, "Wait, we should just press re- record and finish this con- conversation." Yeah. So we do. Yeah,
1: yeah. We've we've talked about um, recording the podcast more as packages <laughs> where we just kind of fire up and record when we're having conversations at certain times Mm -hmm. and then kind of edit it together so things are a little bit more organic but we have yet to do that and the other thing too is whenever you uh, Lonnie and I have talked about this a number of times when you're self-employed or when you're a creative I hate the term but it's lack for lack of a better like a Mm -hmm. busker or someone who records just someone who makes content of any kind there's a um you fall into this compulsion of trying to turn every th- part of your life into content. Yeah. And, you know, Jack, sometimes I just want to have a private conversation with you about <laughs> butt jugging. I don't want to air that.
0: <laughs> I feel you, buddy. I feel you. <laughs> uh, what are we talking about today? Uh, so today on the podcast, uh, we're going to have a little bit of a chat about a film that we uh watched, uh, one of your favorites, uh romantic comedies, Don Juan de Marco. I, I don't want to set the bar too high, I think <laughs> that uh, is not one of my favorite
1: uh films or comedies. Um, I think one of the reasons we all had a good experience with this movie. Mm-hmm. It does some things interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one of the reasons it, why we had a good experience with this movie is I think I set the
0: bar low enough. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, because before we, we watched it, you literally said, Oh, it's a bad movie. And then when I watched it, I'm I, like, I wouldn't call that bad. It I it's think not I said great. It, but it's silly, not silly,
1: not a great movie. Hmm. Uh light I don't think I ever did it. I don't know
0: if I used the word. Bad. I'm, sure bad I'm sure you did i'm sure you called okay. it bad i i'm sure you did but i i but no i i appreciate that because you did set a very very low low bar that right. <laughs> it far exceeded
1: <laughs> yeah um the, it, there are it does certain things or, or or has a perspective on certain things that i found interesting and relevant to conversations that um you and I have had that we'll Mm -hmm. get into right um you and I are just so incredibly similar in terms of I feel like kind of our hearts and the way we Mm -hmm. relate to things and our ambitions and and all of that and I Mm -hmm. thought that um it's just I'm like 11 years on I have 11 more years of mistakes (laughs) and I think those are you know, they're a fiery training ground or they're a cycle. They're yeah. one or the other, right? right. Like, there's something you're stuck in or there's something you learned from and moved past. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, um, I've moved past a lot of those. But I th- like I said, I think most of the time, that's really the only difference. And so there was there was something about Don Juan that I thought you would enjoy that we'll mm-hmm. talk about um a little bit later on. But Jack, why have we... Oh, and then, uh, of course, we're going to return to Here is Gone by Terry Boda. Yes. I can't believe it's been a month and a half. Uh, we're like three chapters from the end. Yeah. We'll
0: get there, friends. We will. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um, I might do. I think there are two epilogues that I may do. We may do as one um, extended reading. I mm-hmm. don't know how long they are, but uh, okay. we'll just have to wait and see. So, Jack, where the hell
0: have we been and why have we not done a podcast in a month and a half? Oh, that's that's quite a nuanced answer my friend. <laughs> um I mean I I believe last week you had a power out- outage right? Um yeah it's been kind of
1: one thing after yeah. another i mean that explained one day of why yeah. we didn't well that's didn't the thing record. i mean
0: the majority of it is me being being uh sick and uh going to hospital and having sur- surgery i believe the last time we did this i was waiting to go in for sur- yeah. surgery i think um you know to recap that there isn't really a lot to 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 say to explain the tail end of that ordeal but i had the surgery it was fine um i had some pain issues uh, afterwards i had one night back back in hospital because i got really really sore but here we are like over a month later and i'm i'm pretty much fine i'm i'm doing okay yeah yeah Yeah. man is
1: momentum precious (laughs) uh and incredibly difficult uh to generate it's my one of my biggest issues with uh the channel and creating content and episode guides the other thing that happened for me was um uh, into the woods into the woods was a uh, a beast (laughs) it was um um it was an episode uh, like i said in the intro to the video it, it was a um an episode that, oh, someone asked the question. So, I'm not going to talk very much about that video. I think I need to do a um, channel news video sometime mm-hmm. soon, do a coffee video. Um, but it had an unusual intro, and um, one of the things was I, I talked about was um, questions that I've gotten from people over and over and over again. And I, the answer to one of those questions that I didn't put on screen, because I thought it was more... I thought it was interesting to do it that way, mm-hmm. was um, seeing Red, the body, and into the woods. <laughs> and... Uh, um, <laughs> one of those things is not like the others. <laughs> well, yeah. That was, I, I think there are there's an argument to be made that none of those things are like each other. Yeah. But... Um, the question was: uh, What episodes of the show are you most appreh? Have you been most apprehensive about? Oh yeah, writing about. Mm-hmm. I I think the body is going to be a challenge because it's so fundamental to the personal experience mm. that, and the and the the effectiveness of the art is so, um. Substantial mm-hmm. for everyone. It's not a
0: subtle thing. And it's also it's, a, a subjective thing, too. Like, yeah. like I mean it all is, but like when you watch the uh body, you often relate it to your own experiences. Like, like we we do with all art, but I think it's very it's much more apparent with uh the, the body, I think.
1: Yeah, I mean it it's it's such a departure that I think it's um it's functions and intent Are not a mystery hmm. You know uh, When when she's speaking to the EMT And Joss Filmed it cutting the top of the EMT's head off so you hmm. couldn't see his eyes That I think what's going on there is pretty Emotionally what that's Creating is pretty self-evident mm-hmm. You know that idea of It's so disconcerting It's so abstract That, that, that the reflection of the experience that she's having in that moment of how even any con any conversation is abstract and um abnormal and all of that Mm -hmm. i think that that is all there and there's there's so much of it if i were to do sort of what i did with restless which is like restless it makes a ton of sense because everything's a mystery everything's a puzzle everything's a symbol Mm -hmm. uh but to go sort of shot by shot through the body and Every shot in the body is, it, until we get to the later stories, is calculated and specific, very and designed specific, very and, intentional. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I think that it, it wouldn't be fun. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not going to be fun. So, what to say about the body is a challenge mm-hmm. uh, for me that I'm not looking forward to dealing with. Seeing red obviously has the. Um, it's
0: such a contentious episode. Yeah
1: yeah and and talking about uh sexual assault uh, Mm. and or uh, uh, any of that um it's the use of it as a way of developing a character that is ancillary to the main character and you know this that, and the other thing is let alone with that's not even talking about tara and willow and the barrier gaze trope like holy cow there's so many incendiary things to that Mm. but um and the last one was into the woods, and and the because the into the woods because I hate the episodes so much, <laughs> and I just don't like focusing on the negative. Mm-hmm. Like I have a blissfully selective memory, where if I have a um, a you know, a deeply confronting or painful conversation or whatever. About a day or two later, I can't remember what uh, the specifics of the conversation, just mm-hmm. the broad generalizations and and so I just am that way about confrontation and negative things and yeah. and anger and frustration and whatever and that episode creates so much frustration for me in the way the relationships play out and are written and that that's the content of the video Mm -hmm. that man was i not looking forward to it and i'm such a slow writer (laughs) and i spend so much time um digesting Mm. all the things that i want to say and you were
0: agonizing over this one more than you normally do um yeah
1: yeah well i mean yeah um i, I mean, i'm on a i'm on a very like the pandemic and i'm going full time i've never been quick mm-hmm. right i think that consecutively the best i did was sometime in season two or three this is when i was working 50 60 hours a week at my main wow. job and then on the weekends i would come in watch an episode, write the entire script, record it by that evening and the next day I would edit all day and publish it around one or two in the morning and then I would go back to work Monday and and go through See the whole thing.
0: I think taking your uh, time the way you you do I think it, it allows you to flesh out better and to ruminate on things oh, yeah. and yeah absolutely the writing uh,
1: is higher quality now mm. there's good stuff. Yeah, um, sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's why yeah, I like started and watching. And there's, there's lots of good stuff. I think, um, I think it's more infused with my own perspective and less of hmm. marks and less of of just kind of broad generalizations. Like I'm more specific about how I feel about uh, the episodes. But yeah, but the other thing too is, is I don't remember how many uh, in a row it was. Maybe I strung together five videos consecutive weekends in a row mm-hmm. or four uh whatever it was before i burned out and then didn't publish a video for three months <laughs> um those videos were you know five to seven minutes yeah, yeah this now was you're doing 40, 40 minute minutes ethics. densely edited yeah They're not all gonna be that way but um mm. i just saw some complaints on the YouTube comments as usual, which it is mm-hmm. to be expected because it's every time. Yeah. Of man, I wish he published more often and man, I wish said <sighs> the other thing. It's like
0: Yeah, I do too. Every um, time someone says that uh said, says that, I just think, do you want him to half ass stuff so he can just feed it to you? Like, come on. Just art takes time.
1: Well, I I think I could go faster. But um I also don't think that's the point. Oh, and there was another comment. I didn't mean to talk this much about the the videos, but there was another comment. Um, uh, A, a guy said, um, I don't really believe this, but a part of me wonders is if he's just stringing out the episodes to milk this for uh, the money he can so he doesn't run out of content to review. If, if and we all don't. move on.
0: If you don't publish a video, you don't get money. Yeah, he
1: doesn't really understand that. Well, I mean, pa- Patreon's an exception. Sure. Patreon's yeah. an okay. ex- Exception, and okay. I do live on Patreon. Yeah. The truth is, I've absolutely considered that. Hmm. I've absolutely thought, yeah, the videos are going to run out at some point, hmm. and the... Uh, it's funny. I was about to say the entire audience has been built around it. That's not true. The The about 45-50% of the subscribers on my channel came from the toolbox fallacy. Right, right. Um, yeah, that was, was a, a big huge, jump. Huge. But the regular video-to-video followers are yeah. there for Buffy and Angel. Actually, right? I was
0: looking at um my Facebook memories this, this morning, and on this mm-hmm. day, like, I think two or three years ago, you made a post about how you had just reached tw- 20,000 subs, and now you're at, like, almost 70,000. <laughs> Yeah, yeah.
1: But I mean, a part of me has thought as the seasons have rolled on, what am I going to do when I run out of episodes to talk
0: about? You know, mm. I, and, I mean, we, we've we've had that discussion a lot about how Buffy's fi- f- f- finite, so we need to start yeah, branching out. But I out. mean,
1: like that mean no matter what, there's people who are only here for Buffy, and mm-hmm. when I move on to something else, Star Trek or Avatar or The Good Place or whatever, mm-hmm. um, or write my own content, which is the ultimate goal, mm-hmm. and and tell my own stories and, mm-hmm. and more nerd chipper, and that and building an audience around nerd chipper and the toolbox, not. Returning to Nerdshiver, but that style of content
0: yeah. that I was creating, yeah, more um, um, original content. Well, I mean, what you doing personal, now is personal unoriginal. storytelling. Yeah, yeah,
1: P- personal storytelling. I watched uh, Bo Burnham's Inside. <gasps> me too. Oh,
0: that hit me like like a freaking sledgehammer. Oh my
1: god! Yeah, it was it was spectacular. Mm-hmm. Um, but that gorilla style content creation, that movie is it's inspiring. Like it's if, wonderful. From it's, a
0: creative stand, standpoint, the fact that he did it himself in a little room, like, to me, that's so... I mean, don't get me wrong. The guy had money for good, good equipment, sure, but he still did well, it himself.
1: He's got a nice lighting rig and a yeah. few good cameras. Yeah. Um, but again, he's doing all of that himself. Mm. Um uh, I, I think, you know, to, to, to talk about equipment in that is, is the toolbox fallacy. Oh, of He course, did it. Yeah. He, you know, uh, he had some. He had
0: nice equipment. I mean, However, yes, but nice equipment does help, like a hell of a lot. It does, but yeah. it. it but it's I, think the point. I get it.
1: I think that's counterbalanced by the fact that he did all that himself. Mm, okay, you know, so um, soloing, you know, it, it, the amount of time he. T- for those who don't know, Bo Burnham is a um, musical comedian, and mm-hmm. his latest special. He did, over the course of a year, in an apartment by himself. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was, I mean, essentially about the pandemic, but the songs were about, uh, you know, sort of his journey through a year of quarantine. Mm -hmm. And um, it's song, interlude, song, interlude, song, interlude some of it is very dark so mm. a lot of it is incredibly melancholy very
0: dark it, very and there's some some parts that i would de- describe as raw too like there was stuff yeah. that wasn't an act if you know what i mean
2: um,
1: or or it was and it was a great one yeah so, because it didn't, thing, feel, yeah. It, it didn't feel that way mm. but um what that th- piece was, was 13 YouTube videos mm-hmm. that were just bridged together. Yeah. You know, the way I, what I saw while I was watching that was, Oh, how would I shoot that? How would mm-hmm. I put that together? How would I, shoot I was that?
0: thinking along those, those lines too. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, it's just, he sold it differently rather yeah. than putting it on YouTube. He can make more money, obviously, because, yeah. uh, uh, name and Netflix and all of that stuff. So he, packaged it a certain yeah. way and and I, um, uh uh put it on Netflix.
0: I went into it not really knowing what it was going to be be about and I heard a lot of people saying how how good it was but I knew nothing about it and it was on on day that I was feeling like shit. I w- I w- I was cold, oh, yeah. tired. So <laughs> I turned off the lights. Well, no. First, I ordered a pizza, which <laughs> I I never eat pizza because I'm a t- type 2 diabetic. But that day, I didn't care. So, I ordered a pizza. I got into bed under a blanket. I started watching it. And I'm like, this is not how Bo, Bo Burnham would want me to watch this. He would Probably expect me to, to to watch it like this. But he wouldn't want me, me, me to. Because yeah. I was just like, oh, I feel so seen. <laughs> well, it's been a while since I...
1: You know, and, and for me, it's the jokes are were there are a lot of good jokes. There's mm-hmm. a lot that I found uh, maybe went on a little bit too long. Whatever, not really the point. The point mm-hmm. was about just making stuff, you know, and the Absolutely. manner in which he went and made that and assembled everything and edited it himself and and all of that and yeah. parts of it were, I, I think it actually would have been better served as a series of YouTube videos than. Where they can each have their own peak, their own arc, all of that, yeah. as opposed to yeah, the 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 sort of off sections that that kind mm-hmm. of existed. But regardless, it's just so inspiring the work yeah. of doing the work, and especially of that quality and that artistic well, uh, composition. Like
0: even though he did it himself in his, his apartment, it's top notch. Like it's yeah. really good.
1: Yeah, um the and he does it all with light. Mm. Uh light and angles. Uh, but yeah. the 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 quality of the lighting setups that he achieved for every one of the shots is incredible. Mm. But anyway, I you know, I watched that and I thought about I've had an idea for a series of YouTube videos that are all stories for a long time mm-hmm. that I haven't picked up yet, you know. So Getting back to that comment and the guy who who uh uh said maybe he's just stringing this out uh to make money. Here's the thing. The way that I write the videos now is miserable. Mm-hmm. It's a long extended process of anxiety and self-torture and uh then at, all the work gets done in a big chunk where uh you know, I sort of digest and digest and digest and Everything comes out all at the same time That was an unfortunate pooping metaphor And I didn't mean to go there (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But procrastination For me is Not laziness It's pure anxiety and fear of failure And and this is going to be horrible And I don't have anything good to say about this And just the wall, beating your head against the wall over Over and over and over and over and over and over And over again and then you break through And the work comes out Mm-hmm. um that's not fun no and i would rather uh be loving every minute of this process and getting through it in a regular and um faster way because mm-hmm. i do make i'd rather make more money from the, you get a uh, a surge of uh, ad revenue when you publish. Yeah. Because you get the biggest um, hit, and the ad revenue sort of clusters uh, on big hits. You don't make a lot of money as it dribbles in. Yeah. So 100,000 hits in a day will make more than 100,000 hits over the course of a year. Of course. Yeah, that just makes um, sense. Yeah. Yeah. So publishing more often means that you're making more money your audience is growing faster Hmm. you get more subscribers I get subscribers every time I publish yeah I don't get any in the off periods when I'm beating my head against the wall frustrated and angry over a particular Mm -hmm. script um and not only that, but once Buffy's done, I get to talk about other stuff.
0: <laughs> I get to talk
1: about, uh, th- I do like other things. Only besides like Buffy and Angel. Two I'm and a half
0: seasons to go. I know. <laughs> <laughs> this, this
1: was ten years. Um, <laughs> I'm re-watching The Good Place. I'm on season three, and I'm like, Every single episode of this show begs for an episode guide, Mm. taking the concepts and blowing them out and talking about why uh, Mm -hmm. the specific passages from the texts. Um, I'm on the episode about determinism, you know, but I learned from adding in Firefly. There's only so much bandwidth that I have Mm. to do this. Mm. Um, Maybe things will be different now that quarantine is coming to an end. But uh, but we'll see. Anyway, let's move on from there. I can't find my way out of talking about this topic, <laughs> and I've been trying for the last 10 minutes. So, Jack, we watched Don Juan. Can you tell us a little bit about Don Juan? Don Juan
0: DeMarco, um, from 1994, starring... So it's in- Mm-hmm. 1994 yeah i was i was just a young kid watching Pat power rangers when this came out I, this is 25 years 26 yeah. years ago 27 years ago and funnily enough i knew nothing about it like i hadn't even he- heard of it until you mentioned it i most people have not it's the weird though because it, it's got johnny depp and marlon brando in it like that's weird it's johnny
1: depp Nineteen ninety four, Johnny Depp. Yeah, but that's but but that's post
0: Edward Scissorhands, right? Edward Scissorhands was like ninety one Pirates
1: of the Caribbean.
0: Yeah, Johnny Depp was big in the nineties, man. I remember him being big in the nineties. I don't know.
1: Yeah, so Johnny Depp, Marlon Brando, and Faye Dunaway. Yes, bizarrely. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Um. So.
1: One so I put the movie on our list of shame because we need alternatives from Full Metal Jacket and City of God, which is another movie we
0: watched City of uh, between now and the last time. We we forgot about that until this moment. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Selective memory, man. It's, I mean, not necessarily it's great. for me. I mean <laughs> Yeah. I
0: Yeah, no, we're not gonna talk about City of God either. That we? is the uh hands down the most brutal film i've ever watched period it made me uncomfortable and i'm a horror fan like i even found it excessively violent because it's not just violent it's cruel and brutal it's not just violent it's so much beyond just mindless violence
1: um, yeah I, and I, I appreciated the direction I don't know that I needed that I I didn't need that movie in my life maybe I, I'm happy it exists
0: but I, I would just quickly need to say that it. I I liked it and loved it for all the reasons that it's awful like not 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 like quality awful but just the themes and everything that happens is awful but oh. I I will never watch it again unless someone says, "Oh, I really want to see City of God." and I'm like, "All right, I'll I'll watch it with you." You know.
1: Well, it's all based on a true story. I did mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if I uh, uh. The, the other thing, okay, so City of uh, we didn't mean to get talk about City of God, but it's no. an interesting yeah. thing and I and it's the opposite of Don Juan De Marco, so oh. I thought it would be polar opposite. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So City of God <laughs> is a movie about um a kid that grew up in the brazil isn't it brazilian slums
0: yeah rio i think the slums of rio uh,
1: i don't i i don't remember specifically the city and i'm not a hundred percent that it's brazil but it's in portuguese and it's about um a kid that grew up in the slums mm-hmm. and became a um i think he's a pulitzer prize winning photographer yeah something like that yeah um it but the slums are run run by uh, gangs, mm-hmm. and we see sort of the transfer of power as the gang members grow older. Um, the photographer's brother is in a gang and is killed by the uh, antagonist of the movie who is mm-hmm. a child when he does yeah. it. There's lots of it's, violence, children against yeah.
0: children in the movie. There's, there's children inflicting violence on other cho- cho- children. It's very... Uncomfortable and not a yeah. fun watch. Yeah,
1: I don't know. I don't know the history of the film. I don't know Me anything either. about Chile, uh, Brazil. I'm pretty sure um, it's Brazil. Yeah, uh, so it was interesting from that standpoint of of consuming a an, uh, um another culture that bits mm-hmm. of another scu- stories from another culture that you're not familiar with. Right. It's just this particular. And later in the movie we see that like this is very specific to the slums themselves as we see other parts of the, as he uh gets outside of the slums. Mm-hmm. So there are other stories to tell um and ultimately it seems like the theme of the movie ends up being that violence creates violence it's about the cycle of violence. Yeah. And yeah. that is not uh, I I know. There yeah. are
0: there <laughs> yeah. are it's not really tons a lesson we stories. need to, to, to learn, is it? It's
1: Yeah. There yeah. are there are tons of stories that exist mm-hmm. and, and that is their theme. Yeah. Um this uh, the the cycle of violence, violence creates violence. Um that said, it is expertly directed.
0: Yeah. Um from, from the technical a aspect, movie. It's amazing. Yeah. Like um the direction, the editing performances, great. Um and it was very creative, considering um, it has a low budget vibe to it. I don't know if it was actually low low budget, but it doesn't look like a lot of money went into it. But it's well, still, I mean, well, made. yeah, it's
1: not a, it's not a, um, it's not a Hollywood movie. No, no, it doesn't have that spit and polish and yeah. factory assembly line.
0: And uh, whatever and the don't... visual aesthetic
1: of the director felt very, it had kind of a
0: music video aesthetic, yeah, which or applied even just to this like, content felt very unusual. It seemed like um, guerrilla film filmmaking or something, you know. Yeah, um, and and yeah. you know, when you don't have a big budget, you have to be more uh, creative if you want it to be good, um, and I think they nailed that. I think
1: yeah very creative camera the camera was rarely locked down mm-hmm. they did bits like um there was a, a a mini story within the story about this apartment uh oh, and yeah. how the how the apartment became a drug den mm-hmm. and how it was passed uh among drug dealers over time and they locked the camera down and shot a a locked off perspective of the apartment and the apartment as the story goes on degrades Hmm. and it's a one or two minute sequence, Mm -hmm. Uh, but it degrades and you know um, they aged the apartment and it becomes grimy and, and um, uh, ugly over the course of these two minutes. Like that's the kind of, it's
0: very clever.
1: Yeah. That's the kind of uh, visual storytelling that exists within within the movie. So like I said, I I think I'm happy it it exists. Mm -hmm. It's just like I didn't need that in my eye holes. Yeah, you know, like (laughs) that's fair. I get to choose the stories that I consume Mm -hmm. and and what I want, like uh, what I want in my mind and living in my imagination. Mm -hmm. And there are images in that that um, had I known uh, going on, I might have been like, I'm okay. Mm -hmm. You know, read the wiki. Yeah. summary of the movie you know have that
0: opportunity i i, I loved it and i'm very glad i w- I watched it but i will not go out of my way to w- watch it again because yeah. Yeah. just and i i, I don't so know heavy. that i would
1: say that about full metal jacket For, I, I i thought full metal jacket I happily was a grind that that
0: again I, right.
1: I, I i actually <laughs> want to, to watch it again especially that yeah. first half like walk when, it, when we were all done watching Full Metal Jacket, we had like a thousand yard stare. We actually lost part of our movie group. Yeah. Because
0: no, I'm out. Yeah. 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 Because City of God. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Because in the middle of City of God. Yeah. Because it was so hard to yeah. to, to, to watch. It's... Mm. Yeah. Full Metal Jacket had nothing on that no. by way of tension and the grind of yeah. the movie. Yeah. Um. So... Don Juan DeMarco <laughs> uh, yeah. the, the, the list of shame is, City of Guys is a very significant foreign film um, It's in the top 20 movies all time on the IMDB And I can understand which, that, I can I don't know if I can understand that but I know
0: I, you uh, took issue with it I, I remember, yeah, remember I, you saying I, that I think I think I th- think
1: there's a you. You and I together could come up with twenty movies.
0: Sure. That that should knock that off the list. Oh, I agree. Um, I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It would. It wouldn't be in my top top uh, twenty, but I can see why it is in the top twenty. Yeah. Like in the in the zeitgeist, I guess. Yeah.
1: But the uh, the list of shame, which is supposed to be sort of like the the broaden your palette kind of see the significant pieces of art that you've never seen uh unfortunately we know contains either uh things that are confronting and excruciating or mm-hmm.
0: lawrence of arabia <laughs> <laughs> that is good for like half an hour and then just becomes what? mind-numbing <laughs> That is a little on the long side. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, whose? It's very in, pretty, though. Very, very pretty. It's very,
1: uh, very. Yeah, it's very pretty. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm not saying that Lawrence of Arabia's that that my inability to to enjoy Lawrence of Arabia is
0: Lawrence of Arabia's fault, no, so much as it is my fault. <laughs> and also, really, just you know. just the fact that like storytelling has evolved so, so tastes much. Tastes change,
1: yeah. storytelling's change, and, and if you lack a. Um, particular connection to the material or the history of it mm-hmm. or, or a personal connection to the material i think it's challenging and mm-hmm. and a little less accessible but anyway the i, I we felt like the list of shame needed palate cleansers right mm-hmm. like yeah uh
0: it breaks from the the didn't, the assaults of violence didn't we roll something else and then no, so the 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 way we are pick is we randomly roll 3 films and then um we roll again to to decide which of the 3 did didn't we unanimously pick Don Dom Juan I don't I don't remember. We we okay. roll 3
1: films and then everyone gets a chance to use one veto mm-hmm. on one of the 3 films and then we reroll that one. You can only veto once. Yeah. But there are once four a, potential vetoes session. in our group every mm-hmm. time. Um, and it seems like lately we've been like okay we had a, uh, a horrible one <laughs> yeah we had a horrible note now we watch something light uh, and yeah. so forth to sort of uh, shake things yeah. up
0: but there have been th- um, moments where we roll something that we're all excited for and so we just decide to watch that yeah. one I don't think that was Don Juan okay.
2: um, it became evident from a very early age that there was something different about me by the time I was 10, the attraction that females had for me was becoming of some concern to my mother. At the age of 21, I have fulfilled fantasies of men three times my age. My name is Don Juan de Marco. I am the world's greatest lover.
1: But I think Jacob's Ladder, which is a movie about Vietnam post-traumatic stress disorder, got mm-hmm. on the list of three the short list and one of us vetoed it because yeah. we were like no <laughs> we need we you know we need a, uh, a down step and then mm-hmm. ended up with don Juan. okay yeah. so um originally though when you and i made the list yeah you and i have had lots of talks about romanticism mm-hmm. and i don't mean um romanticism in the academic sense of a cultural movement in mm-hmm. art uh we're talking about the modern sense of the word, like yeah. if someone us uh, says, "I'm a romantic" or "I'm a hopeless romantic" or whatever it is, um that's the way we're we're talking about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jack, are you a
0: romantic? Very much so, Ian. Like you don't even need to ask me that question, but well, for the for sake the of the audience, of everyone, yes, um, yeah. I'm very much a romantic. I often describe myself as, yeah, you know, a hopeless romantic or a bleeding heart uh, ro- romantic. Um, I'm sort of one of those passionate, love drunk ro- romantics. Which i come- you say you still are? <laughs> well, y- y- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I've come and, and look. I've come to realize that. Well, look, it, it's not an inherently bad thing. It's not. It's not like being in love and and loving being in love. That's not a bad thing. But when you, yeah, allow yourself- I would
1: distinguish love and romanticism. But go ahead. When you allow yourself, sure. what?
0: But when you allow yourself to get kind of um irrationally swept up in all of that it can lead to some situations that can be damaging to oneself and even kind kind of toxic um so I guess I'm in the process of learning how to find a middle ground there um cuz I don't want to lose that passionate sort of side of me no I I my 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 objective is is not to lose that it's more to find a rationality to it i guess um or a realism to it or something
1: yeah yeah that's something that we've explored in conversation i think that that um when you and i first met i was kind of experiencing um uh a romantic deep freeze for the first time in a way mm-hmm. that I didn't quite understand. Um, I had been in a relationship that where I'd sort of stopped living the rest of my life and and had sort of put everything in this, and I I, I was re- in the midst of realizing that was a huge error, and I think that I was um, maybe unfairly demonizing romanticism at the time. As just sort of like, I called myself a sobering rom- romantic or a recovering romantic, yeah, as opposed to um, a lovesick one or a, a drunken romantic. Mm-hmm. I was drunk <laughs> <laughs> quite a bit. Um, and the whole idea of, I don't know, love at first sight or meet cutes, the conventions of modern romanticism, I find them pretty exhausting mm-hmm. i've been charmed by you there can are have great attraction at sight,
0: but love at first sight's probably a bit much i think yeah oh. yeah
1: there, there are there are
0: yeah love at first it's, sight it's is, like, is i, I love nonsense. the idea of it but i know it's bullshit you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: but uh, the, the other thing too i think yeah. the other thing too right like mm. okay so if love at first sight is Nonsense, mm-hmm. then what is what? How do you diagnose a person who believes that they have suffered from it? Do you know what I mean? Like, is mm-hmm. the, uh, are they conflating sexual attraction?
0: That's, with romantic intimacy. That's the only explanation that I I I have for that, really. Because I mean, in my much younger days, I'm talking like my teenage days, I would uh, confuse a, attraction with having f- feelings for some somebody, oh, which yeah. is which is completely like it's nonsense. <laughs> like, um, but that's also a very that's a very teenage thing, especially for a te- teenage boy, you know. <laughs> Just a teenage thing. Oh, uh, well, that's the thing. I, I mean, I, I say my t- teenage years. I probably didn't shrug it off until I was in my uh, twenties. So, you know.
1: Well, the so the conventions of, of you know, uh, I I I think that anyone has a potential to enjoy any genre. Mm-hmm. The percentage, like like, I think, I say I'm not a horror fan, mm-hmm. but that's because i i i'm capable of casually enjoying
0: 15 percent of the genre right like
1: you know the 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 percent that crosses with horror science fiction
0: yeah. uh or more like knives out but that's more of a murder mystery it wasn't really
1: uh, horror, yeah alien yeah uh is a horror movie but it's horror science fiction mm-hmm. um so on and so forth you know, I think there are wonderful romantic comedies out there but the, there's a big bulk of them that have all of those tropey like a tropey action movie I can get into it a oh, tropey drama like you know your average tearjerker mm. I'll cry I'll have a you- good time with it
0: when you watch an action film, there's very specific expectations that don't require a lot, you know? <laughs> but that's
1: true of, I think that's true of a tropey romantic comedy, too, right? Okay. Like, here's the meat, here's the meat cute, here's the yeah, right. whatever. But because it's neither of our favorite genre, mm-hmm. we're not specifically familiar with all of those. Right. Uh, okay. Yeah, I agree. Those with tropes. That. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're a fan of the genre, it's like, meat cutes don't bother any- you. It's like, here's the meat cute here's the the bit, here's the, here's the part where they think they're going to break up, mm-hmm. and here's the part where one of them realizes that they belong with the other one, and here's the run to the airport that I talked about <laughs> in the video. You know, yeah. um, but I've always found those things kind of exhausting. Okay. Like, the idea of... Um, Love at first sight. The the thing that always comes back to me is Giles yelling at Amy and Bewitched bothered and bewildered. I know it's not love. It's obsession. Yeah, Selfish, banal obsession. Mm -hmm. And it's funny. I think in this conversation, I actually just clarified something for myself about that episode. (laughs) That episode... I mean, every every episode is in some way reflecting Buffy's journey that season. So that episode is supposed to be also reflecting Buffy's relationship with uh angel so spike yelling at those uh yelling at amy or not spike um giles yelling at amy Mm -hmm. that the idea of selfish banal obsession is supposed to in some way relate to angel when i look into the future all i see is you and her not being able to go out on her uh, hunting without the two of them making out constantly, right? Um, yeah, okay. and this the other thing. So it's it's supposed to be an I echo. Think that fits. But the thing of it is, is it? So I always felt like, but but Buffy did love Angel, hmm. right? So the yeah. thing of it is, is that uh, that love and obsession are not mutually exclusive. Oh yeah, you
0: can you, you can right. have both at the same at the same time. I, I, absolutely, and. I remember reading somewhere quite a while ago now that the part of the brain that deals with, um, a, a obsession is, is the same part that deals with love. So like falling in love with someone is like a mild form of obsession in a way.
1: Yeah. I kind of wish that I, I mean, if the episode guide had been written front to back before I ever start, started releasing episodes, mm-hmm. there's been a lot, uh, I spent a lot of time building because of that, those scenes and though the what season two was trying to say about love i spent a lot of time building up the idea of selfless versus selfish love Mm -hmm. adult love versus the teenage love so on and so forth and i think that there are were better ways to say of course i've changed in the seven years that the video guides have been right um coming along. anyway um sorry i'm awfully tangential it (laughs) gets this way when uh we haven't done this in a while yeah uh the best romantic comedies so uh, talk about the the percentage my favorite romantic comedies, not best because that's subjective of course Mm -hmm. um my favorite romantic comedies or favorite romances tend to be the ones about relationships that happen over many years right okay um so i'm a cookie dough shipper but between
0: bike bike <laughs> i haven't heard that one both before i've never heard that before bike, why has no one spuffy. ever said that <laughs> but bike and bangel <laughs> that's so much better than spuffy and
1: i get why I, uh, uh yeah it is better than spot bike and <laughs> bike and bangel um you can't put angel first in that Auffy. Hey, it
0: has to be bangel yeah yeah, it has to be. But
1: Spuffy's, Eh, and she should be first. Spuffy's. The,
0: the, the thing I like about Spuffy, it sounds kind of com- comical. I do like that. Well, but, I mean, but the, bike uh, is actually no bike Buffy's is funnier. So,
1: <laughs> yeah, bike. Yeah. Um, between uh bike and Bangel, um. I think Spike and Buffy are more interesting because yeah. the relationship is more long term. Yep. There are more mistakes, there's more growth, there's more Absolutely. Um, yeah. Absolutely. It, it, it's based on a longer term deep understanding of each mm-hmm. other. Um you know, the, like the whole point of the Angel uh Buffy relationship is that she was willingly overlooking things.
0: Yeah.
1: That uh, initially it was that he's a vampire and he can't mm-hmm. have children and he's going to live forever and she's going to grow old, mm-hmm. you know, um, before they knew about the curse. Then they knew about the curse. And in season three, she was willfully overlooking things. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't consider the the actual uh, Spike and Buffy romance to start until season seven. Oh, uh, uh, Se- yeah. Season... Uh, Spike loved her. Spike had a yeah. crush on her, but to me, uh, she's she's banging him to feel. Yes, in yes, season yes. six, The but I love the but, intimacy from her. I think really starts
0: the emotional oh, intimacy I really agree starts in that. seven. But I, you couldn't have season seven without the stuff that came before it. Though, is no, all I would but say. But that's what I'm talking about. Yeah.
1: Is like a really good romance. Yeah needs a lot of build up Absolutely. a lot of familiarity a lot of knowing each other mm. my favorite um it's a uh, a cliche but my favorite um uh it's a cliche to say this but mm-hmm. my favorite romantic comedy is when harry met sally yes. and it is a story yes. about two people yes. who started by hating each other yeah and over the course of years mm-hmm. became best friends Mm -hmm. and then started a romantic relationship. And that, to me, is so much more... That's intimacy. That's Mm -hmm. genuine... You know, the rest of it is sexual intimacy with a delusion on top of it. When you talk about meet-cutes and and, uh, uh, love-at-first-sights or whatever, Mm -hmm. those two people, in that long-term relationship, then the courage that it must take to... Risk that long-term relationship for intimacy beyond that, right? It to me is much more courageous and interesting, and more fun and more compelling and more dramatic. Um, So that's kind of where I'm at. But Mm -hmm. all of that said, but uh, by the way, what are your? I mentioned two of mine, like my Uh go-to romantic uh, relationships uh, stories. What are what are a couple
0: of yours? I'm sorry. Well. I I don't know if I have a favorite romantic comedy. Um, I mean, I'm sure I do. I just hadn't thought about it to be honest. Um, but I'm sure there is one. But immediately my mind goes to uh, Clementine and Joel from Eternal Sunshine. Um, I love the idea of two people who love each other. Um, finding a way to strip away all of the the bullshit and the fighting and the turmoil and just kind of um doing the work and sort of finding a way to rediscover their love for each other and realizing that they 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 do still love each other and they're not ready or they're not going to to give up without a fight you know um i love that idea
1: yeah the uh that i mean that movie again is about a relationship with history yeah. you know and the history yeah. feels earned and Absolutely. grounded and and all yeah. of that you know
0: um i also love theodore and samantha from uh, her i think that movie really explores what it is to truly love some someone and um i think it really digs into the whole con- concept of if you truly love someone you'll do what's best for them even, even if it's kind of a detriment to yourself or your own feelings yeah. um you'll sort of allow them to do what is best for them. Um but also, I I mean if we're talking Buffy, look, when I was really, really young, I, I was all all about uh Bane but now I'm I'm pretty much a a, a bike shipper for all the re- reasons you listed. <laughs> a bike shipper. I love it.
1: <laughs> uh yeah, and to me that's there's something there. Like that um I I I think my my unwillingness to self apply the term romantic which I I've told pe- I I if someone asks me if I'm a romantic generally I say no but the people who know mm-hmm. me when they hear me say no are like yeah you are absolutely
0: absolutely like, like it I, annoys me I, hearing you just yeah. say those, those words
1: <laughs> but I I think I think it's because I think of when I think of the term romantic I think of Bangel and not Bike. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> Sorry, it's just it's too funny I to me. <laughs> um I, I I think of the I think of mainstream conventional or, or or rather um paint by numbers romantic comedies. Like I think of mm. you. Complete me. Which is <laughs> a line I hate philosophically i hate it yeah. i like i i i, I hate the i like jerry Maguire's an interesting movie mm-hmm. um but i i hate that whole idea i think of the manic pixie dream girl mm-hmm. and uh the tear collector she's literally collecting his tears in garden state <laughs> um like so i say no because i bristle at all of those ideas mm-hmm. but um i don't know I don't know. I'm trying Uh, to think
0: of, like, a romantic comedy, like, my my actual favorite romantic comedy, and I'm not sure. Really not sure. I think
1: we need to watch more of them. Yeah. Because I I think it's an unexplored genre for us both.
0: Yeah, and, like, knowing me, and look, I have seen a lot of romantic comedies, don't don't get me wrong, and knowing me and just the way I am, I know I've got a a, a favorite. I just can't think think of
1: one. Well, when I think about all those things, my ass begins to twitch as... uh, (laughs) Kevin Klein says in French kiss. <laughs> um, all right. So Don Juan DeMarco, yep. this, this was sort of like the circular reason. I, I feel like what's interesting about the movie are the thoughts that it explores. And mm-hmm. I think part of that requires some context in what you, how you and I think about uh, romantic relationships and love. Um, before we get into it, before we spoil anything, mm-hmm. because I think that it, can be spoiled there's a mystery there's a question to it yeah yeah so we
0: are we are gonna be kind of spoiling stuff here yeah not Uh, like not not specifics but kind of
1: (laughs) yeah the uh the the fiction of the story can be spoiled but the point of the movie is that it can't
0: yeah Exactly. Um, hey, that's a beautiful you, uh, way to put it.
1: Well done. Yeah. But just in case, mm-hmm. uh, Jack, would you recommend Don Juan DeMarco?
0: Absolutely, I would. I definitely would. Um, it's cute and it's adorable and it's got a lot of heart um, going into it. I honestly, I didn't know what to expect. I had no idea. You you said it was fun and, and adorable and cute. And I think you said it was a, a romantic comedy, but I had no idea. But yeah, I... I loved it, even, even even though it's it's some parts are a little. A little I won't say dated because I think that in, that implies something I don't mean, but it hasn't aged. It's an age. older film. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, it, it think of when you think of other movies from 1994 and mm-hmm. some of the problems that come with where yeah. the zeitgeist was at that time. Mm-hmm. It has some of those problems. Yeah, yeah. Um. It's funny. I'm not even sure it's a romantic comedy. It is a comedy that is romantic. Yeah. But when
0: I th- when I think about cuz it's the, not it's not a when Harry met, met Sally. It's yeah, not it's, a, it's, it's a not a weird, French kiss. It's
1: It's a weird movie. Yeah. Um There's something special about it that I think is hard to sum up, but we'll try. Um mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it informs, it does inform a way I've always thought about romance. So, Johnny Depp plays mm-hmm. Don Juan DeMarco. Yes, it's Johnny Depp <laughs> whitewashing another character. Yeah. Uh,
0: oh, he kind of looks the part, though, kind of, even, even though I know he's not, because uh, I don't think he has, uh, you know, Mexican or Spanish heritage.
1: Given the, yeah, well, given the... um. Yeah, no, no, he, no, he doesn't. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, he does all the voiceover of the film until the end, and he opens up the movie by saying that he. So the movie takes place in modern times, nineteen ninety four. Yep. Um, and he opens the movie by telling us that he is the Don Juan, the world's greatest lover, living in modern times. He has a cape, a sword, a mask. He's basically um, Zorro. Basically Zorro. Yeah, he's sexy Zorro. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's swinging Zora. <laughs> so the movie o- is open. He has one last sling and then goes to commit suicide. The police get called and they bring in a state shrink. There's a moth in here. I apologize. And I just dribbled uh, water down, down my, my face. Well, there we go. We're professionals. <laughs> uh, the police get called, and they bring in a state shrink played by uh, later year Mar later year legendary bills, Marlon, Brand, Marlon Brando. Brando. Did, didn't yeah. you say
0: this was when he openly hated making making movies? <laughs>
1: yeah, he he hated acting. He hated making movies, but he uh, his personal life story is deeply tragic. So I don't want to bring it into this. No. But um, he was paying bills. Yeah. yeah, he went through a period of his Which life paying fair. bills. And I'm pretty sure that's why Johnny Depp ended up in the movie, was to work with Marlon Brando. <laughs> and once those two were in it, you know, you get Faye Dunaway. And, yeah. and um, that's how a movie like this gets made, Yeah, I think. <laughs> um, Marlon Brando pretends to be a Don and talks Johnny Depp into coming to his villa yeah which is actually an institution yeah he's uh Johnny Depp is there on a ten day commitment, and Marlon Brando to treat him, asks him to tell him why he was trying to kill himself, and so Johnny Depp relates his history and we see his story in these conventionally romantic, warm colored flashbacks that treat his backstory as a hundred percent true absolutely yeah. And they're a lot of fun,
0: and they're um, and they're so over the top. Like they're so like they lean into it hard. It's like balls yeah. turn the wall. They really go it, for it.
1: It's bodice ripping. It's hmm. uh um, even like uh,
0: the the uh, performances are very grand, and um, it's yeah. like it's like Romani- a different movie in a way. It's, it's theatrical. It's romantic,
1: yeah. and and the 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 world outside of it is not Hmm. and it reminds me of um uh romancing uh, romancing the stone uh kathleen turner is a uh romance novelist and those movies all have montages of her writing bits from her books and the bits in the montages are the kind of the way the johnny depp flashback scenes are Mm -hmm. um in the meantime, as uh, Marlon Brando takes care of Johnny Depp, he starts seeing his own life in a new light. His relationship with his wife, Faye Dunaway, is rekindled. Mm-hmm. And the movie has a curiously ambiguous ending. Yeah. It may be my favorite ambiguous ending mm-hmm. of any story ever. So I saw this movie in the theater when oh, I wow. was 14 years old.
0: Wow. Okay.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh, in the sequence... Marlon Brando has escorted Johnny Depp back to this island Mm -hmm. to find uh, Don Juan's lost love. And Marlon Brando is um, pontificating in the voiceover. Did things work out for the Don? Uh, Did he find his great lost love who promised to wait on that beach for all eternity? And we see an empty beach. And he says, why not? And she walks out from behind yeah. the sand dune. The music yeah. swells. Yeah. And they dance and the credits roll.
0: Mm-hmm. And, Jack, what did you think? So that ending, I had a very, very split second um, where I was getting the same feeling that I get I, from the Buffy episode normal again. I knew, um,
1: I knew as, uh, before I got to the end, I, like, I
0: bet this is yeah. I bet this is going to evoke normal again for him. Yeah, yeah. Um and i'm sure a, a lot of our audience is already aware um how i feel about uh that that episode but for those who who may not normal again for me is a masterpiece of, of an episode i i truly love it but the ambiguous ending bothers me to, to no end because i don't like the implication that the entire ep- 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 um the entire show sorry is just the delusions of a teenage girl in a mental institution i i, I hate that I mean, it it it, it just bothers bothers me a lot. So I had a brief moment at the end of this film where I was like, "Wait, so was it real or not?" But then, almost in an instant, I just shrugged and thought, "Who cares?" Um, I think, yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> I I think the ending of Don Don Juan is is perfect, and whether it was real or, or not is it's it's besides the the point, and I think. If you keep trying to figure it out, I think you are totally missing the pointing of the uh, film. Um, It's real for Don Don Juan, and the effect it has on Marlon Brando's character is real, so who who cares?
1: Yeah, and I love that distinction. I think um, it's not that love is a delusion, Mm -hmm. or rather, it's not that romance is a delusion. That's not what I'm trying to say, but there's some theater... To it, yeah there is some uh I'm not talking about artifice like um the down on one knee and and all but that could be that could be that that feels like artifice to me, but it might not feel that way to other people right I've watched some proposal videos online mm-hmm. that made me cringe so hard I wanted to break in half. <laughs> But then there are others like that are the, gorgeous. But, but the bride cried yeah. and uh, they hugged, and and they, that was real to the two of them. And yeah. I think that's kind of the point. Yeah, is that um, romantic comedies fall apart when you consider any aspect of reality for the characters? Yeah, barring long relationships that led into the romantic. Because uh, a lot of those
0: films they tend to be quite fanciful. I mean, most most. Most relationships in most relation, um, rom romantic comedies, they don't play out like that in real life.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like what happens after happily ever after. Yeah, is is always kind of the thought. But Don Juan isn't about that. It's more about, and it's so hard to talk about this mm-hmm. without lapsing into cliche. But I would <laughs> say like the art of love. Absolutely. Yeah. Right the art of passion the texture of it the experience of it mm-hmm. and none of those things have anything to do with cold reality no taxes income healthcare benefits there's a um, like we were talking about there's a there's a there's a there's a theater to ro- romance and relationships mm-hmm. the two of you living inside a story yeah. which with each other that doesn't exist beyond the boundaries of the bed mm-hmm. or the RV or mm-hmm. the tent or the whatever it may be. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't re- exist beyond the boundaries of your shared lives. Right. And from the outside looking in, that is nonsense. Uh, right. Yes, you spent the whole day in bed together, but that doesn't mean the world outside the boundaries of the bed didn't keep on spinning. Right, right. But who cares? Right. That also doesn't mean that the story you're writing with each other isn't real for you both. Mm-hmm those two realities coexist. Yep. You know, and for the people outside of it, it's true. And for the people inside of it is true. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, my, I think one of my issues is that that a lot of love stories don't acknowledge that there's a distinction between those two. There's a lot of entitled privileged lovers in romantic comedies. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, the the uh, people who just don't li- seem to be living a life with that uh, the, where that acknowledges the life outside of their yeah. set of desires and their wants yeah. and their you know what i mean yeah
0: yeah yeah i think that's why i, I mean especially in terms of um yeah, yeah, you know the reality of it versus uh their passion, the passion the the drunkenness of it I think that is why there is such a a stark no noticeable difference between um um the fantastical or the fantasy scenes for lack lack of a better word and like the the scenes that are in in, in reality I, I I think that was a very intentional move uh because I think it shows I- exactly what 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 she was saying that there there is a difference between the fantasy of it and and the reality
1: Yeah. Yeah and it, it, the movie starts out as whether or not Marlon Brando will bring this kid To the understanding that he is Not Don Juan mm-hmm. And the kid brings Marlon Brando to the understanding that he's The Don he said he was to talk the kid off Yeah
0: what's the uh, line the, You've seen through all of my masks You've seen through all of my masks
1: Yeah
0: right. Um, and I,
1: I I, of course I, Like I love the And it's something that only works in this story And that's Absolutely. okay You mm-hmm. know Um uh, the idea that 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 Marlon Brando went uh, the, the movie doesn't care about what happens after uh the end of the scene but it it's not about that either mm. because it doesn't suggest as a happily ever after mm-hmm. it just talks about the love in these moments and in uh from the opening to the ending between these characters and these relationships mm-hmm. and all of that um like we said, there are bits that have an age. Well, parts of it are garish at times, but mostly I think Johnny yeah. Depp does an incredible job of seducing the viewer with his ideas. Yeah,
0: yeah, I, and I, I really I agree love with it. that. Yeah, yeah, he's um, Johnny Depp is such a great character actor. Even though I don't think he, when you say character actor, you don't think of Johnny Johnny Depp straight away. You know what no. I mean? he he yeah. he, he doesn't. I mean he he's essentially an A-list actor at this point, and 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 you wouldn't well, typically movie star. Huh? A movie star. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. And and so typically character actors don't fit into that category typically, but you know, you think think about Edward Scissorhand's um Jack Sparrow. Like he's he's really good at just becoming char- characters, and I think that's what he did uh here. And yeah, like ultimately, just like the film, I didn't care about uh, the outside world or, or, or the reality of it, and that's why I was just like, you know, what? who who cares? It's fine. And yeah, you know, I already touched on it, but I just loved like the fantastical scenes, the the fantasy scenes, because they were so over over the top. You know, the sets, then the costumes and the performances were so lavish and grand. Um, which yeah, it it just really lent, lent itself to the film o- overall, and I think it gave a lot of life to to those scenes, which in in a sense made them more real. And I yeah. think without that, um, if they made it a little more sub- sub- subdued, it, there wouldn't have been great enough of a contrast between the reality and 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 the fantasy in the films.
1: Yeah, I think I think I think I loved the idea of the film distinguishing between the character's romantic life versus actual reality. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that, that a bad romantic comedy wants, uh, wants to pretend that that romantic life is life, Mm -hmm. that it's the whole world entire, that it is everything, you know? And and I think that's where like that feeling of like these characters being sort of weirdly privileged and entitled kind of comes into play. Um, but i'm not even really sure what i'm trying to say the thing mm-hmm. like uh, the 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 uh, when you get back to the idea of being a romantic being a drunken romantic a hopeless romantic what i mm-hmm. think of with a hopeless romantic is someone who is a slave to romance you know someone who is um these characters in the movie there's the delusion of the story, and there's the reality of the story. And the delusion, mm-hmm. for lack of a better word, is the idea of, of romance and art in love and all of this. Mm-hmm. A- and it's Marlon Brando submits to that world. Yeah. He chooses that world. It's very much a choice, you know? yeah. is, it, is uh, Was she waiting on the beach the entire time? Why not? Why
0: not, yeah.
1: Why not? There's I, I it's so beautiful and the 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 giving us a concrete answer of yes she was or no like it's not about that.
0: And I think I think giving us a straight answer in, in the ending would have sullied the point of the film in a way, and it just it it would have taken taken away a lot of its beauty, I think, and its elegance. Yeah.
1: But I mean, the idea of that of not becoming so sobered by reality that you lose access to that mm-hmm. romanticism, mm-hmm. Um, I think, is a, is is a beautiful thing. But also, not being a slave to it. Yeah, there is in a, a distinction. hopeless sense. Like yeah, that's such it's a fine tragic line. term. Hopeless. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Romantic. Hopeless Can you is typically not a good without word. Hope? Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Uh, so when I was younger, I, I kind of getting back to why uh, I thought this would be an interesting movie to talk about. I think I was more the head over heels type. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure that I believed in the idea of the one, but I wrote lots of bad
0: poetry, Jack. Oh, me too, buddy. Me too. I <laughs> I, mean, I, I don't even know if I'm if I'm over, over that now. I haven't read, written any in, in a while, but I'll probably write some more.
1: <laughs> well, uh, I mean, and I write the channel. So <laughs> uh uh and when when I wasn't I craved romantic intimacy, craved it. Mm-hmm. Um and, and I think we've t- touched on like uh, a part of that when you're younger too is not being able to fully distinguish between your your sex drive, your loneliness, yeah, and just a desire for emotional intimacy. Mm-hmm. All three of those things kind of blend together into this mishmash of attraction and confusion and all of that but when i wasn't in a romantic relationship i found things kind of like invalidating yeah um and so a simple way of describing it no meaning i was able to experience under any other circumstance through any other medium felt as rich validating and or as important as what i um managed to get out of romantic relationships right right yeah And later in life, I kind of started seeing that as a symptom of a bigger problem. (laughs) Um, I never really felt okay with myself. Constant imposter syndrome, whether it's at a job or in relationships or in friendships or whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. Um, And enjoying the validation that comes from relationships is one thing. Yeah. But feeding off of it. Right. Yeah. That's where it gets dangerous. That's where it's, it's
0: very unhealthy.
1: That's where it becomes toxic You mm. have to be able to self-validate Yeah You know, if you're lost on a desert island There's got to be things that you can do, still do To yeah. fill the time ton- Whether it's carving um, something out of a, a piece of wood Or whatever it may be You know um, To The things that are confirming Um And uh, self-validating, I think that's what knowing who you are is, what you're capable of, knowing your worth and your value. Mm -hmm. And I think about ravenous imposter syndrome and brutal self-esteem is if you're driven to relationships for validation, Mm -hmm. not having one is actually reinforcement of that self-hatred that's already there. (laughs) Yep. So the void or lack of a partnership means something. As in why don't I have a relationship? What's wrong with me mm-hmm. that I'm not in a relationship all the time? Mm-hmm. Loneliness feels like a painful insinuation where if you build confidence and can love and validate yourself loneliness 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 <laughs> loneliness just means hey, I'm not in a relationship right now,
0: yeah, yeah,
1: um, and the thing is now that I've been through this i, I whatever that is sort Mm -hmm. of that that pathway of oh okay i I feel like i'm um well i'm definitely a different person than i was eight years ago Mm -hmm. um but it's sort of relearning i also went into this period where i was like i just need to get healthy with me Mm -hmm. and sort of understand myself and all of that and like I don't think I ever made a conscious choice to just stop pursuing relationships, but I did. Right. And it was just about work, friendships, uh-huh. like stop pursuing romantic relationships. It right. was just about work and and um, the channel and all of that. But like, I'm sort of now rediscovering that what romance is from the other side of that perspective. Right. You know, and that's one of the things I love about that movie is, you know, obsession and love are not mutually exclusive. Right. And that choice to be romantic, to submit to not submit, but to to allow, enjoy, yourself. Uh, allow yourself to enjoy the theater of it. Mm-hmm. Enjoy to let the world outside fade out for a while.
0: Yeah. you know for an evening that's that's what what I meant earlier when I was talking about finding a middle ground that's, that's yeah. exactly what I meant yeah. the fact that the fact that the world outside didn't actually fade out
1: doesn't matter hmm. you know who cares yeah that like but you but but that's a distinction now as an adult that I'm able to make where I mm-hmm. know that reality is one thing and I can say okay i'm going to put that aside for now yeah you know i'll come back to it yeah you always come back to it yeah but for this moment at this period in time like this is the story that we are writing with
0: each other mhm and that's enough yeah yeah i've um i'm i myself i've i've been single for a very long time now um and i would debate
1: Mm-hmm. Your, your. I would debate your interpretation of the word "single," but that's well, not really the point.
0: Go, go ahead. I've had some nightmare relationships where I was stuck in limbo, but that's that's well, neither here nor, nor there. I guess. Well, those count. Well, yeah, they count. <laughs> but yeah, know, Can you call it a relationship when when you're with someone who doesn't actually commit to you? I don't know. Um, yes. Okay. Sure. Okay. Well. Yeah. Okay. But let's just say though for the majority of the the time um since i guess well if let's you, just, if let's you just two kept
1: kept the, the 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 fire of feelings kindled mm. for more than a couple of days
0: yeah and and that's no, what right, I had. At one point we call it relationship versus fling versus whatever. I'm sure there's right. a distinction between all of those. But I mean, anyway, we don't need to get
1: into the specifics.
0: I mean, the situation we're referring to was definitely more more than a fling. Yeah, it was yeah, beyond yeah. beyond beyond a fling, and it was on on again and off again. And but it just it ended in disaster, fucking disaster. Sorry, I swore I I, sh- I shouldn't use f bomb should I?
1: Um, uh, uh, well, we started the podcast by talking about butt Butt chugging,
0: yeah. <laughs> But anyway, so look, I do know what you're talk- talking about, and I have been I I haven't had a proper relationship, a proper healthy relationship in a long time now. And um towards the end of last year, I had a bit of a it, it was a very brief fling that just sort of fizzed, fizzled out. Not not the situation uh we we were re- re- referring to just now a different a different person. Love a lovely young young lady. Oh uh, well a lady around my age. <laughs> yeah. Um <laughs> that's just a colloquial thing, whatever. <laughs> just keep going, man. Just keep just going. Keep going. You can do this. Yeah. So anyway, look, it um it fizzled out and because I'm me, I I got the warm and fuzzies, and so when it fizzled out, things were a little a little tough for me for 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 a little while there. Um, and what it really hi- highlighted for me, though, was how lonely I, I, I was feeling at the uh, time. But it also highlighted and brought to the surface a, a lot of issues I've had for years surrounding validation uh self-validation and self-love you know stuff you were just touching on um and uh, there have been times um not not specifically with with this instance but um there have, have been times in, in in the past where I felt like I was looking some um, for, for someone to help me be a whole to to complete sure. me you know that's um, why I hate that line so much because you can't get that from another person you right absolutely and it's,
1: it's so notoriously like, one of the most repeated yeah, like, lines of of romantic I, dramas or whatever. I, I,
0: I understand where it where it comes from big because when you're laying there holding someone, you feel such a peace and such a calm that I think that's where it comes from. That that yeah. sense of well being that comes with it. Yeah, absolutely. Get there
1: it. there's a sense of being complete that can, yeah. can come from another person, but the idea of you complete me. Yeah. Right. Is something altogether different and I hate it.
0: Yeah, but um, yeah. So it brought to, to the surface, surface a lot of a lot of this stuff stuff I had had been dealing with for a very long time. Well, not deal. Well, stuff I had for a long time and wasn't deal, to dealing with. Shall we we say? Um, but I wasn't able to see a lot of these issues with such clarity until um around ar- around that time, which is ultimately what led me um into getting therapy um. But, you know, when you're dealing with those kinds of issues, loneliness and, like, feeling lost and alone and, you know, trying to find validation ex- externally, um, it ends up taking up so much space in your mind. I mean, at least it does uh, for, for me. Um, it's consuming. Yeah, it's con- con- consuming. And, and it led me to 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 a funk where I couldn't... Like, I, I, I couldn't do a, a, a lot um, beyond that, you know, because my mind was so filled with all this just crap that had been dug up, like stuff I didn't like about myself or stuff that, not not that I didn't like about myself, but but just stuff I, I knew I had that I needed to uh, deal with. Um, but anyway, so I ended up dealing with it in a few ways. Like, when, when I say dealing with it, it's a process, right? It's a process. Um but firstly, I got my ass into therapy, which was a huge part of it. Um, but also, with things like that, you often just have to give it uh, time. Like referring to, you know, having feelings for someone and then it not wor- working out. You sort of just got to give that time to fade and, you know, you can... grief uh, process. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. But, I mean... I was very surprised you didn't quote me back to be there. <laughs> it's probably going to happen. I'm, I, you know, we'll see. Um, but also, a huge part of it was also um, I very intentionally put myself into a bit of a deep freeze, which is a term I blatantly stole from you, Ian. Um, yeah, um, uh
1: I didn't mean to do that when I did it. It just
0: <laughs> kind of snuck up on me. And well, I, was like, ah. I I sort of did did it intentionally because like. Like, it sounds like, on, on the surface, it's like putting yourself into a stasis where you just don't deal with what's going on. And, in a way, that's kind of true, but for me, what it means was allowing all the emotions and, and the inner turmoil to sort of simmer down and fade to the point where I could essentially start dealing with the roots of the uh, problems and just... It, it, it just Assessing the situation without all the the distractions um, from all the emotions and the turmoil. You know what I mean?
1: I think that that ultimately was kind of the reason why I ended up that way. By the way, what we mean by deep freeze is, like, when I was describing it is I had zero emotional desire to date Mm -hmm. for a long time. Mm -hmm. I felt like I should, because... Philosophically, I believed that life is better shared.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely,
1: but when it came to even just, you know, looking at uh, online dating profiles or, or uh, thinking about the people in my life or thinking about going to places and meeting new, I couldn't even fantasize mm-hmm. about that. I couldn't fantasize about the possibilities and potentials, mm-hmm. uh, potentialities. Uh, of a new relationship and how good that might feel or whatever. I could not summon that fantasy, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, It it just was, there was just nothing there. It just felt like, eh, eh, you know, the, and that to me was a a weird to, to for, for, uh, you know, uh, my fantasy life in, in, intimate relationships to be frozen out from me Mm -hmm. felt strange where I couldn't even fantasize about how great it would feel to be loved by someone Mm -hmm. or to, to whatever, you know, it it felt, it was bizarre when I realized I was there and I thought maybe it was just accumulated lack of momentum, accumulated Mm -hmm. inertia. Yeah. Uh, But I don't, I think it's more what you were talking about.
0: Yeah. I mean, for me, like, being a romantic and, you know, loving the idea of love and falling in love and being in lo- love and all of that. Throughout a lot of my life, I've always felt like I've been searching for that. And more often than not, I have some romantic interest, someone I'm interested in and whatnot. But for for this year, I, I, I just haven't. And I think that's been healthy um, for me because uh, it's allowed me to focus on myself rather than looking outwards for someone, you know? Um, yeah. So we're here now uh, more than six months later and kidney illnesses aside, I'm definitely in a better place uh, mentally and emotionally, like still, still some work to do. Um, But I don't know, man, like, do you think there is a finish line with, with stuff like this? Cause no, no, because it's, <laughs> It's it's just a constant journey when the a flown to it, and I don't feel like there's ever going to be like a eureka, thanks doc, I'm all cured moment. You know, it's it's it's. Well, we were we were talking about this. Uh, the funny part is that what we're
1: basically both saying is that we hit. It took us to mid '30s before <laughs> yeah. we all we were, before we were able to have the realization that Buffy had. Uh, at 17 or 18, <laughs> just like, you know, uh, the, of, or rather the cookie dough moment. I'm not done mm-hmm. baking. Right. Yeah. Uh, of course, written fiction. I just think it's funny that, um, uh, you know, certainly ex- anyway, I, 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 that needing to get to know yourself, get to know what you're good at. I'm sure some people just sort of naturally fall into yeah. that and, and, uh, or, develop a confidence or um an aptitude when they're younger that that just is with them and yeah. and they have that sense of self and, and self-worth but it was not present for me but it felt like it was or rather mm-hmm. it felt like I had been dealt a certain hand of cards and these are the hand this is the hand I've been dealt and I need to play this hand yeah I need to um these are the cards I have. These are the cards I was born with. This is what the man that I became at 21. Um, I either am going to make this hand work mm-hmm. or I'm effed. Yeah, absolutely. Right? And we were talking about before we started recording. The thing of it is is, is, is you kind of fail and change. And succeed and change and yeah. plan, whatever, long enough over the course of time and become a different person
2: mm-hmm.
1: as time passes just naturally, right? Mm-hmm. That you realize how possible
0: change is. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, and a huge part for for me too was just I'm in my mid-thirties now, like I'm approaching middle age. It's time for me. To, to to get my shit sorted, to get my shit to together, like mentally and emotionally, like I don't want to keep carrying the burden and the pain and 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 all the all the shit that, that I've been carrying for so long. Like I want to finally be done with it, or or at least find a place to put it that makes it easier to carry. You know?
1: Yeah, yeah. Like if if change can and does happen inevitably over the course of time Mm -hmm. then that also means that it can be guided chosen deliberate purposeful yeah Yeah. it's not easy um but it is possible and i have a choice
0: you don't have a good choice but you have a choice absolutely to
1: to to, i mean that maybe that's what free will is is Mm the um uh, on a long enough uh,
0: timeline. Mm-hmm. But anyway. Yeah. I I used to get really into like the idea of like soulmates and like, you know, the one yeah. and all of that. And it was only after like long conversations with you where I had this realization of that, that removes free will saying that there's one yeah. person in all the world that you were destined to, to be with or you have to try to find your soulmate. I think... And now I think it's so much more beautiful to choose to love someone, to choose to be, be with someone. I yeah. Think. Yeah, absolutely.
1: And the thing is, um, the other thing too was uh, I I never pronounce his name correctly. And whenever I change the way I pronounce it, there's always someone saying, now oh, it was pronounced the other way. Uh, Jean-Paul Sartre. <laughs> yeah. Or Sartre. Yeah, Sartre. Sartre. Um, I have no idea. <laughs> Sartre. Sartre. Uh, you know if if the access to meaning in life is found in freedom and the ability to choose and and pursue meaning and the, and all of that then inevitably in relationships it may there may come a time where one person is in, has enslaved their choices to the other one right mm-hmm. and so to, to doing that abandons their access that they have to live a meaningful life right yeah and so uh, part of his old deal was inevitably, it may become necessary. And I heard he was a not a cool person. Yeah, I've heard he was well, quite that's a fine. miserable
0: bastard. From what yeah. I
1: hear, weird that the <laughs> a, a French existentialist would be like that. But because um, he and, inevitably, um, Camus inevitably, were, he, were he were believed good
0: friends, that, and I think they had a falling out. They, yeah. yeah, they
1: they had a falling out. But inevitably, yeah. he believed that that relationships needed the ability to break up and fall apart because uh on a long enough timeline you couldn't have two people enslave themselves to each other
0: right yeah
1: uh not that that's inevitable mm. but the potential always exists and so be- if that potential exists then there is no sacred relationship there is no perfect rel- relationship there's just okay. you know the one where the 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 eye is um regularly on freedom and responsibility and choice and, and communication. So That's beautiful, man. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, before we get to the fanfic reading, I
0: just want to let you know that I am at Ian Nitrum on Twitter. And I'm at lack of surprise one. That's all one word with a number one at the, the end. Uh, if you'd like to support the the podcast and keep us flush with roses and long walks on, on the beach, uh, to eat, you oh. can do so. Um, <laughs> <laughs> is that yeah. a scripting error? Some people like some people like to eat their long walks on the beach. <laughs> what do you want from me? Uh, you can you can so support us by going to uh, Patreon dot forward slash Passion of Their Nerd with with the five dollar an up club. You can join us in in the hangout uh this weekend for in into the woods uh five five p.m. Eastern U.S. time for the rewatch then six thirty p.m. Uh, U.S. Uh, Eastern uh, for the hang- hangout itself. And yeah, of that course- hangout's going to start slightly late because it's a 40-minute video. Right, yeah. Um, but if you can't may- make it, that that's cool because uh, the replays can be found in the playlist over on the main channel.
1: You can also help us out by grabbing yourself something from passionofthenerd.com slash store. We have mm-hmm. new designs still. Me too. Fabulous submissions that we're grateful for from Liz. Mm-hmm. Thank, Liz. Mugs. I got rid of the phone cases. Okay. Uh, hanging posters. Yes. Like drapery posters. They're really mm-hmm. interesting. Um, anything you couldn't expect. Uh, buy from there. All right, let's go to the fanfic reading now. Here is Gone by Terry Boda, Chapter Forty Six. Upon returning to the magic box, Spike found Willow finishing up the repairs on the Buffy bot. There, she's good to go, the young witch said, closing the back flap on the robot with a satisfying grin. Good work, Red. we have got the clothes. Buffy, you and Glinda play dress-up. I need to talk to Red here, she replied. He replied, taking Willow's arm. "Uh, Okay, she agreed, allowing him to pull her aside. What is it? she asked when they were in the training room. When you were in my head, did you see anything about the mojo you did on Glory? Willow shook her head. Uh, No, not really. Spike sighed. Okay. There was a thing you did with Glory and weakened her for a bit. Oh, what did I do? He tried to remember. Well, you were... You were trying to help Glinda, you see. Uh, you've been charting the essences of the blokes. She'd turned crazy. You'd figure out a way to reverse what had been done to him. Willow looked worriedly at the closed training room door. I, I was? I mean, I did? Wow. But Spike, whatever I did, I, I must have spent days researching how to do it. This time you saved Tara. She didn't get brain sucked, so I have no reason to try and reverse what Glory did to her. Spike nodded. Yeah. And you also wouldn't have used it. You also wouldn't have used Mildred on her before, because she won't be ready for some of the things you throw at her tonight. Might have the same effect. Willow nodded nervously and swallowed. Well, okay. Use the dark magic book. Those spells will work. I heard Buffy talking about how you were the only one who ever slowed the hell bitch down. I was? Yeah, she called you her big gun, he said with a wry smile. Gun? Oh, Spike, I'm not anyone's gun. He put both hands on her shoulders in an attempt to calm her down. Don't go willy on us now, Red. We need you. She put a resolve face on. I won't. That's more like it. He gave her shoulders a squeeze before releasing them and moved to open the door. Willow's small voice stopped him. Spike? Yeah, Red. Did I... Did I really turn evil and hurt people? He hung his head and sighed. I didn't see it. Only heard about it from Lurky while I was recuperating from what he did to me. Never saw you kill that Warren bloke, but he was a right wanker. I met he, I met with him the first time. He was a real bastard to you a lot later. I know he hurt Buffy and Tara, so I wasn't sad to see him go. Still, you've been steadily growing in your powers in the years I've known you. You're no scared, limp-wristed Sabrina wannabe. You're a powerful witch. But power can corrupt. It seduces you if you're not careful. He looked back at her. That's what happened to you, Red. You let it seduce you. Started dabbling in things that you weren't ready for. That's why you went to the dark side. Now you know what can happen. And you can avoid it. You just have to remember that with magic, there's always a consequence. Always. And we gotta go. Don't need saving. And before we get a, a hell bitch to kill, Willow nodded, taking in his words and then gave him a brave smile. "'Right behind you.' He gave her a nod and a smile and then opened the training room door and walked out into the main store. The others were expectedly waiting for them. "'Bots ready,' Buffy said. He nodded and moved to pick up the Gruthlack battle axe from the pile of weapons. "'Mind if I use this?' he asked. Buffy shook her head, a small smile on her lips. "'Go right ahead.' He hefted the axe and spun it in his hand as Buffy turned to Giles. We on schedule? she asked. Yes, it's, it's time, the watcher confirmed. Okay, this is it, Spike. You lead the way. We'll follow. Everyone knows their jobs. Remember, the ritual starts, we all die. And I'll kill anyone who comes near dawn. Spike swallowed and handed the weapons to Giles, who placed them in a bag. Well, not exactly the St. Crispin's Day speech, was it? he commented. "'We few,' Giles said in sardonic agreement. "'We happy few,' they said together. "'We band of bugger, Spike finished, setting his jaw and leading the way out. "'They were silent as they wound their way through the quiet pre-dawn streets. "'For Spike, every step he took brought him closer to his doom.' Despite Willow's steadfast belief in him, he still held an unspoken terror that this attempt to change the future would fare no better than his others. He tried not to show it, however. He needed to be strong and confident. If he wasn't, he knew there was no hope for Dawn or Buffy or any of them. How you doing on those spells, Red? he asked as they neared the construction site. He had heard Willow going over the spells, and she took from the Book of Dark Magic, memorizing the words as Terra guided her. I- I've got a couple already. All we need is to slow her down long enough for the critical time to pass. Remember, Willow first, then the bot with the Dagon sphere. Then I get her with the troll hammer, Buffy added. And, and we're to take care of my any minions, Anna pipe. Anya piped up, gripping her baseball bat tightly in her hand. It was enough, wasn't it? Spike was thinking frantically. It had to be enough. Doc was dead, so there would be no one to cut uh, Dawn if Buffy succeeded in keeping Glory occupied until after the time was up. She did it before. Glory never got to Dawn. It was the Doc who cut Niblet. They cleared the building and arrived at the site, the rickety tower looming above them like a grotesque, poorly formed insect. At the base of the tower, a good number of Glory's brain-sucked victims and her robed minions guarded the staircase. Spike remembered from before that hitting the loonies would cause his chip to fire. He could hit the minions, though. His hand gripped the smooth handle of the battle-axe in anticipation. We're here, he said, clenching his fists tightly as he spied the small figure of Dawn at the top of the structure. Buffy looked to where Spike was staring and saw her sister. Dawn! "'Shh, Xander breathed. "'What is that?' Anya asked. "'The portal must open up there,' Giles observed, looking askance at Spike, who nodded once, his eyes riveted on the empty spot. Xander cast about and spied the wrecking crane. "'Hey, check that out. I think I can work with that,' he said. Buffy saw what he was referring to and nodded. "'Give it a shot.' "'See you guys in there,' the young man told them and headed for the crane. "'Where's Glory?' "'Buffy asked, looking around. "'Spike pointed out the auburn-haired woman "'surveying the crew's handiwork. "'Over there.' "'Buffy looked to where Spike was pointing and nodded. "'Okay, Willow, you're up,' Buffy announced. "'Willow swallowed and nodded. "'Buffy left her with Tara "'and took the Buffybot to the other side of the site "'where she could approach from the rear. "'The witch looked to Spike and Giles. "'Use the binding spell first.' Then back it up with a heavy-hitting blast. We need to weaken her if we can, Giles instructed. Oh, Okay, I'll, I'll try, she promised, looking at Tara for reassurance. You can do this, Red, Spike encouraged. She looked at him and drew herself up, a timid bookworm being replaced by the confident spellcaster that she was. So can you, Spike. Remember, nothing is written in stone. I'll keep that in mind, Red. She gave him one more look, then turned and walked away from them. She stopped a few paces away from where Glory was standing, then took a deep breath and cast the binding spell. Kali Hera Kronos Tonic. she incanted. Her hands held out. The surge of power was noticed by the minions, and a number of them ran for cover. Air like nectar, thick as onyx. Cassiel, by your second star. What the hell is going on here, Glory demanded, coming over to see what was happening. Oh, it's one of the Slayer's little girlfriends. That's so cute. Hold mine victim, as in tar, Willow finished. Glory tried to step forward, but found herself caught in the spell. She pushed forward, but wasn't able to make any progress. Enraged, she snarled like a trapped animal. Um, Willow... "'I think now would be a good time for that blast,' Tara said nervously. "'Tara, Tara, pardon me. "'Yeah,' Willow agreed, aiming her ten fingers straight at glory. "'I give you pain. "'On the word pain, Willow's eyes turned black and empty, "'and a wave of dark power engulfed glory. "'The Hell God did something none of them had ever seen before. "'She screamed. "'The scream only lasted a few moments, however.' before Glory gathered her strength and broke the binding. Is that it? Is that the best you can do, witch bitch? Glory mocked. A leather bag at Willow's feet unraveled, and a host of knives came floating up, all aimed at the Hell God. Bag of knives, Willow intoned, and the knives went flying towards Glory. Glory stood her ground and batted the knives away faster than the human eye could follow. Well, that was fun, but really not worth my time, Glory taunted. Then her eyes staked strayed to Terra, who was behind Willow, and a sadistic smile came to her lips. "'Sucking on your girlfriend's mind. Now that might be worthwhile.' "'Terra!' Willow cried, panic seizing her. "'No!' Glory moved forward, intent on attacking Terra, and Willow reacted without thinking. When Glory moved to batter aside, she tapped into the well of dark magic she had delved into for the spells." and rounded on the Hell God, shoving her fingers into Glory's head. Both Willow and Glory screamed as a burst of white energy came pouring out of the God's head and up Willow's arms. The blast backlashed, and all three women were sent flying. Willow and Terra smashed into a wall and landed unconscious. Glory, however, was back on her feet in a few seconds, albeit quite shaken and disturbed. Her minions gathered around her worriedly. What the frickin' hell did that bitch do to me? Glory yelled. You you look fine, truly, a minion assured her. Stylish and affordable. Or another added, Glory staggered, She made she made a hole. God, I need a meal. I need a brain to eat. Take mine, O oh, groove tastig one, the first minion offered. I set a brain, you worthless dirt. I got places to be, big day, B- need a need a brain, Glory growled, turning slowly and spying what she thought was the Slayer. Suppose I could always use yours. The Buffybot, dressed as Buffy, responded coolly. Come and get it. The two eyed each other. The Buffybot took a circling step. Glory watched her with disdain. Glory took a step as well, but it was a tad unsteady. You don't seem very well. Need to lie down and have a tonic. The bot asked reasonably your little witch bitch gave me a hell of a headache and all it did to her was kill her and her girlfriend. So kudos. But if you think this is going to last more than eight seconds, I notice that you're talking. Whereas in your position, I would attack me. Oh, most sweaty, naughty feelings causing one. Should we, a minion began, but glory cut him off guard the girl. I can take care of hairdo here. This is a, uh, a divi- diversionary tac- tactic, the minion offered. Go, guard, Glory commanded. Obeying, the minions spread out around the stairway area. You keep saying I'm nothing. I'm still not feeling very attacked by you. It's strange, the Buffy bot went on. Glory moved towards her, then hesitated. Confusion crossed her face as she tried to walk ahead, but could do so only with effort. You're not as blurry with the usual speed, either, the bot nodded. The witch, the bot shook her head. It's not her. She produced the Dagon Sphere from behind her back. It might be this, though. Glory snarled at the sight of it. I heard it was supposed to repel you, so my guess is you probably shouldn't touch it. She tossed it to Glory, who instinctively caught it. Energy rippled from it, causing her to convulse with agony. A scream welled up inside her, and Glory crushed the sphere in her hand. Looking down, breathing hard, she looked up with murderous hate. You're going to wish, Glory began, murderous hate in her eyes. Buffy's fist flew right across her jaw, sending her crashing to the ground. She rebounded up, only to be knocked back by a flurry of blows and kicks. At first, she barely fended them off. Then she started to get her own back, landing a couple of good blows. As the women fought, the minions gathered the crazies to guard the stairway. Stand fast. Kill any one who dares approach. This is our day of glory, one said proudly. Well, punned, another complimented. Well, it just called out to me, the first answered, then toppled over when an arrow struck him in the chest. Suddenly Giles, Spike, and Anya all charged the group. Anya, wielding her baseball bat, waded through the crazies with a warrior yell While Giles, uh, with Giles by her side. The watcher had a sword, but he used it defensively against the crazies, saving his killing thrusts for the minions. Spike, swinging the battle-axe high over his head, dis- did as he had done before and jumped clear over the line of humans to land among the minions. He attacked with ferociousness all snarls and fury determined not to fall this time around. What just had happened before, he accidentally decked a human in his fighting fervor. His chip activated and he clutched his head in pain, allowing a minion to knock him to the ground. From their sprawled positions on the ground, Willow woke and put a hand on her throbbing head. She looked around nervously, finally seeing Terra lying not far from her. Ignoring her pain, she crawled over to her lover and shook her urgently. "'Terra? "'Terra!' "'Terra blinked awake "'and looked around her in dazed confusion. "'Willow?' she asked weakly. "'Terra, you're all right.' "'Terra nodded. "'What happened?' "'Glory was going to suck your brain. "'I stopped her. I-, "'I think I kind of overreacted a bit.' "'Better too much than too little,' "'Terra said. "'Go overkill.' "'Yay! "'Think it was enough?' The two looked to see Glory fighting with the Buffy bot. I don't know, Tara answered. Willow looked at the scene before her, Glory batting the robot, the real Buffy waiting in the wings with the troll hammer. Dawn held captive at the top of the scaffold. Spike, Anya, and Giles beaten back behind a pile of rubble and kept there by minions and brain-sucked crazies. History is repeating itself, she whispered. Then she saw Glory knock the head off the robot and the real Buffy step up to nail her with the hammer. I can only hope Spike has the courage to do what he has to do.
0: Oh my but, god, Jack, we did it. Yeah, we're back. We're back. We'll see how how, yeah. how this last lasts. But yeah. For right now, we, we are back.
1: I was going to say next week on the podcast, but you know what? Hmm. Jack, maybe we shouldn't get ahead of ourselves. Uh, We're going to try and be back next week, but I don't feel like we can confidently say next week on the podcast yet. I don't think we've earned the privilege of saying next week on the podcast until we have a couple of these in a week. Do you agree? I hate
0: that. And I hate it because I do agree. Look, I mean... I, we, we want to get back into a regular rhythm here. We really, really do. And we are going to uh, try and I'm sure at some stage we will hit it, but I guess we're just going to have to wait and see what happens. Um, but we are going to, to, to try Ian and I, we love doing this, um, our, our break and our, like we have had a rough year trying to get this back together, but it's not, because of any, any lack of passion or, or motivation for this. We love, we love hanging out and we love putting this t- together for you guys. For sure.
1: But until we string a couple together here, we will shamefully dial it back a little. Jack, mm-hmm. what are you up to this week?
0: Uh, well over on chip, chipperish media, we'd begun, begun a new po- podcast called endless, a Sandman po- podcast, which we'll be delving in, into the Sandman co- comics. Uh, and then eventually the upcoming Netflix show, uh, when that comes out. I'm not sure exactly when. Uh, so I'll be working on that, as well as, uh, of course, uh, the Buffy Pop podcast, Still still Pretty. If that's your thing, head on over to Chipperish Media and check that, that out. Um, and of course, uh, we'll be doing the uh, Hangout over for the weekend. Um, and I'm also going to try and get stuff done regarding our new New Year's re- resolutions, which honestly it hasn't been going too great so far for, for me at least
1: well part of the idea was that we had this accountability buddy uh check-in mm-hmm. system through the podcast which right. then we haven't done since yeah. so i'm working on the angel episode reunion the outline is done i um i don't know the episode's amazing but I've curiously mixed feelings about it, and I'm realizing it gets back to some feelings I have about Angel as a series. There's okay. a reason why I uh, I, th- I would say I'm more of a Buffy fan than an Angel fan. We haven't talked about this, and I'm interested to talk about it. <laughs> it's a powerhouse episode, but yeah. um, some of the questions it raises mm-hmm. in the fiction, not questions as in, how does this work, but like the mystery... Of the story uh, as it evolves, I think point to some frustrations I have with Angel's storytelling as a whole that I don't have with Buffy. Okay. Um. So I'm currently trying to figure out how to talk about those without spoilers. Okay. Um, also, I've actually been keeping up on some. I have been keeping up on some of the New Year's resolutions. Well done. I read four four <laughs> chapters in my book today. I've been working out.
0: Things are creaking along The you stone know, I, is moving I'm just glad one of us has done something Hey, it's, it's not like I've done nothing I played some of the video game I said said I was going to play uh, Last year when I uh,
1: set that resolution The video game one was the only one I delivered on Okay so, <laughs> you know,
0: Because it's, kind, uh, of it's <laughs> kind
1: of the easiest one to do It's kind of the easiest one Yeah. Alright friends, thank you so much Time for spending your time with us mm-hmm. uh, We both missed this Thanks, friends. We'll see you next time. Bye.